Hi, this is Jonathan Horton, one of the pastors here at Grace Christian Fellowship in Odessa, Texas. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Wherever you are listening to this, I hope that this message encourages you, gives you hope, and reminds you that you are loved. All right, well, we're in week three of our study of the Old Testament book of Exodus that we're calling Into the Wilderness. And in this study, we're, we're walking through the origin story of God's people, the Israelites, as they are, are being freed from their slavery in Egypt and being taken on their way to the promised land. Uh, so far up to this point, what we've seen is we've seen God in miraculous ways move in the lives of the Israel people, Israelite people as they cried out to God saying, we need a savior. And, and last week we saw how God redeemed them, how he saved them through these miracles. And, and Pharaoh uh, finally said, all right, just go. And, and now as the Israelites are, are leaving slavery and moving into this kind of desert journey that they're going to have on the way to the promised land, I, I think that there's uh, some questioning that begins to happen that you'll see in the text today. Where they're saying, all right, we knew what it looked like to live in Egypt, but now what does it look like to live on this path, on this path that God has us on? Have you ever had a new beginning where, where you were excited about it, but then once it happened, you're like, okay, now what? Maybe it was a new job that you got, and, and, and you put in the resume, and you prayed, and then all of a sudden you got the job, and you got there, and you're like, how do I do this, Right? Like, like, I don't know what this, what this all entails, or, or maybe it was the degree that you worked so hard for, and then uh, once you got the degree, you're like, I don't know if I actually want to do that with my life, and then something changed. Or maybe you uh, had prayed uh, for a child, and then eventually uh, God blessed you with a child, and then you thought, oh my word, Lord, I don't know how to be a parent. If you ever have the the blessing of getting a hold of a newborn baby, you're like, I'm going to break it for sure, right? It just feels that way. Every time you're going to like change a diaper or something, it just feels like, you know, this is is too precious. Or how about this? Uh, Maybe the first, or when, when you accepted Jesus Christ, if you have for the first time in your life, and you said, God, I'm done doing things my way, and now I today, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And you almost expect that maybe like uh, in Jesus's baptisms, the clouds are going to part and God's going to be like, well done, child, right? But what happens is you accept Christ and you have that amazing moment and then life continues on and you have to ask yourself, okay, I'm a follower of Jesus, but what does it look like to actually follow him? I think we're going to learn some things today as we look at this story in Exodus about how the Israelite people were freed, they were redeemed, but then they had to kind of figure out how do they follow God and how do they continue to follow him even when difficulty comes their way. So let's jump right in uh, to Exodus chapter 13 and see what it has for us. Starting in verse 17, it, it says this, When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. 
the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now, I know we kind of just jumped right into this, so let me explain some things that are going on here. Um, all of the 10 plagues have happened. Pharaoh says, get out of here. So the Israelites, they've already prepared. They've already listened to instruction from Moses that the Lord had given them. They're ready to go, and so they start heading out. Now, uh, you would think, hey, let's get on this short road that's going to go through the Philistine territory. You wouldn't think that because we, we didn't live there, but evidently that was the path to go. But we find out that the Lord led them not on the shorter path, but the Lord led them on the longer path. Now, why is that? It told us that if they went through Philistine territory, that they probably would have ended up having to battle some people. One commentator that I read this last week is that they said that uh, the Egyptians would have had uh, some kind of check-in or checkpoints along the way, and they probably would have ran into some of those. And then there would have had to be a battle that ensued uh, because Pharaoh said go, but maybe everybody else didn't know that they were supposed to yet as well because it happened in haste. So God says, hey, they're not ready for this. And he begins to take them on this long road that's going to lead to the Red Sea, which isn't necessarily the greatest place to just end up at. Uh, but what's interesting, maybe you caught it at the end of that verse, it says this, the Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. They thought that they were ready for battle. They thought, all right, here we go. If we need to fight somebody, I guess we'll fight somebody. But God looked at him and said, you're not ready. And he actually took them on a longer path because of it. Now, I want to point that out right at the beginning, because I think in our walk with Jesus, if you've made him your Lord and Savior, you can say, man, I'm ready. What are you going to throw at me, God? Like, I trust in you. I've got big faith. I can do whatever comes my way. And maybe God actually has you on a longer path, protecting you and growing you slower because maybe you're not as ready for the things that you think that you actually are. So can we trust in God even when the plan doesn't seem like it's one that makes sense to you? Just like some military leaders wouldn't have said, hey, go on this longer path. They would have maybe chosen a different path. God's working, they just don't know how? And here's the neat thing. Right from the get-go, God had done all of these miracles, and then he even leads them along the way. Just a few verses later, we see how God was leading the Israelite people. He says this, uh, By day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. So here the people are, newly saved from slavery, and God is leading them every step of the way. Uh, they're following this, this cloud by day, fire by night, if they want to travel at night. But they are seeing God's goodness in the midst of this. And, and, and one verse later in the scripture even points to the fact that this cloud would have given them shade uh, during their travels as well. God is just providing in even the small ways as well for his people. And you would think in the midst of all of this, he saved them. Now he's leading and guiding them that they would have just this feeling of, man, I can accomplish anything because God is for me. But what we realize is that's not true. 
Uh, it's not true because all along the way, what we'll see is this people that are stepping into this new thing, which is freedom, that should be stepping into this trust that God has for them. All along the way, they're questioning and they're, they're, they're being led to, to wish that they were back in their slavery, back where it was comfortable, where they, it was predictable, uh, where, where they knew what was happening. And anytime trouble comes their way, they begin to melt a little bit. For instance, they make their way to the Red Sea, and then all of a sudden, uh, Pharaoh, he decides, wait, I let all of our workforce go. We need to go and get them. And so he begins to pursue them. Uh, let's catch up and see what happens here in chapter 14, verse 10. It says this, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, uh, or as, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us uh, uh, to the desert to die? What have you done to us to bring us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord brings you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Can you imagine this moment? Right, the, the Israelites, they're, uh, they're uh, blocked in by the Red Sea. Uh, the, the Egyptians are coming at them. And here they are, they, they just instantly go to, to fear, even though God had already redeemed them, even though God had already continued to lead them every step of the way, they just fall right back into it. And then they start dreaming that they were back in Egypt again. It would have been better for us there. At least we would have been protected. At least we wouldn't die right here in this moment. How many times, if you're a follower of Jesus, even though he's shown up faithfully so many times in your life, how many times have you had maybe a similar conversation with him? Uh, Jesus, if I was just back to doing whatever I used to do, things would be better. Why are things so tough? We can complain to God all we want, or we can say, man, God, you've been faithful this time and this time and this time, and I'm kind of afraid right now. But I know that you've been so faithful all these other times, even when things didn't work out the way that I thought they were going to, God, you still gave me strength to walk through it. We can have two different perspectives, and throughout today, you're going to get to see um, the perspective of ones that just continue to collapse into fear and God continuing to be faithful. Where do you fall in the midst of this uh, idea of how you pursue God? Now, the Israelite people, uh, as they uh, were, were fearing in this way, God says, hey, be still. And he actually takes that same cloud 
that uh, had been leading, guiding them, and he, and he brings it behind them, and he, he blocks uh, the Egyptians from the Israelites, and they can't see what's going on, and then he takes that fire, and he lights uh, their uh, way, and then he begins to take the wind, and he parts the Red Sea, and he dries up the ground that they're going to have to walk through, and the Israelites, uh, who thought that there was no way out, found a way out that only God could make for them. And they walk across dry land. And, and as they're walking through the Red Sea on this dry land and begin to get to the other side, uh, God allows this cloud to disappear. And the Egyptians see that the Israelites, they're going through the Red Sea. And, and they begin to follow after them. And, and once the Israelites are through, uh, God does what he had already said in scripture, that you will no longer see these Egyptians. Again, the Red Sea crashes down on this army that had been pursuing them, and every single one of them die. And can you imagine the relief and the praise that would have happened amongst the Israelites? As here they are on this other side of the sea, they're looking across and they're seeing their enemy crushed beneath them. They're seeing their place of slavery even beyond that sea and feeling like, man, God provided once again. But just a short time before that, they were doubting once again. How many times in our lives does God move in some type of way and then we still find ourselves coming back to doubt? Um, the Israelites, uh, they, they paused for quite some time and they praised God in the midst of that moment. They sang out to him, Miriam's song and Moses's song, but it didn't take long for them to move from praise to complaining. Once again, it really just took a three days journey as they continued kind of in this wilderness. And as they continued in the wilderness, uh, they began to get thirsty and then they begin to get fearful and grumpy uh, because it says in Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, then Moses led uh, Israel from the Red Sea and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Mara, uh, they could not drink the water because it was bitter. That's why this place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. This is God's first Brita water filter, right? Like, he's like, throw some bark in there. It's going to be great. You can drink the water, and uh, nothing's going to happen bad, right? And, and, and so he, he, he cleanses this water, but the, the people once again in the midst of their thirsts, in, in the midst of, of their humanness, when their body's saying, you need something, and they're just thinking, we need water, what they really needed was continue to have faith in Jesus, continue to have trust in him, that, that he was going to provide, that God would take care of them in the way that he had so many times before. And I don't know about you, but so many times when I read Exodus, I'm like, guys, how do you not look back and just, instead of having this, this uh, spirit of grumbling, how do you not have just a spirit of, all right, God, would you take care of us again? You've done it so many times before, but we just don't see that. Uh, we see in this next part of this, it says, uh, there the Lord issued a ruling and an instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, 
If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the disease I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord your God who heals. God says uh, to the Israelite people, he says, hey, listen, here's what I want you to do. Just obey and follow my commands. Trust in me. And if you do that, you're not going to experience the same difficulty that the Egyptians experienced. But what we'll see throughout Egypt's history is that, or throughout Israel's history, is that they don't follow God and they continue to disobey. And in our history, in our lives, when we start this new thing called following Jesus, making him the Lord and Savior of our life, and we ask the question, well, what am I supposed to do? We're supposed to have faith. And we're supposed to follow and obey. And it doesn't always, we don't know exactly what that looks like, but we, we at least have the understanding that, hey, we're supposed to try to follow after his ways and, and say no to sin and say yes to him in our lives. How are we doing at that? How are you doing with that? And when trouble comes your way, do you just let doubt rush in? Or do you turn and, and remember God's faithfulness all along the way? What's interesting throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, um, it constantly calls believers to look back at the story of the Red Sea, about how God saved the Israelite people. And they use it as a faith builder for people in our lives uh, what do you look at and say, God, you've moved in big ways? Uh, the, the next part of this, uh, we see Israelites once again complaining about food that they don't have. And, and I want to just briefly go through this, but it, 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 it's so powerful because I think that if you're like me, you'll see yourself in the midst of this. It says in, in uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 5, the whole Israelite community uh, set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after they had come out of Egypt in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us into this desert to starve, this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in so that... Um, that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. And there's more instruction that comes after this. But here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, you guys are, are, are saying you don't have any food. You've, you've used your provisions to this point. God says, I'm going to rain down uh, bread essentially for you every single day, what they will call manna. Uh, as the dew fades in the desert, uh, there becomes this frost-like uh, substance that comes on the ground. And they go and they collect it each morning. And, and it tastes like uh, almost essentially bread and honey together that they get to collect and eat. But God tells them in the instructions after this, he says, listen, only gather enough for one day. Don't save it. If you save it the next day, it, it will have maggots and it will smell bad. Not anything that anybody wants to eat, right? But what do the people do? Instead of listening to God's instruction, instead of doing what he tells them to do, they have fear. And they say, no, 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 no. 
I need to make sure I have enough food for tomorrow. So they collect more than they need. They store it overnight. And sure enough, the next day, there's maggots and it smells bad. But you know what else happens the next day? God provides just like he said he was going to. Yet here the people are once again saying, God, I know you told me, but I think I'm going to do it this way. God, I know you gave me these instructions, but I'm going to go my own way. This is always a recipe for disaster. And the people, after those days, they, already, they learn pretty quickly. All right, we don't keep it. But God also said, hey, on the sixth day, I want you to do something special. I actually want you to keep it on the sixth day because on the seventh day, the day of rest, I don't want you to have to go out and gather any. And he says, on this day, when you gather the bread and when you gather the quail as well in the evening and you keep it for the next day, it's not going to go bad and you're going to be able to eat it. And you know what the people did? Some of them, they still went out on the seventh day. And even though God had said, you don't have to, I'm not going to provide it on that day. They still went out looking for it. Isn't it interesting how God can show himself faithful so many times to us, yet we still say, no, God, I know better. No, God, I'm smarter. No, God, I'm wiser. And God says, in the midst of them doing this, he says to Moses, then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? It's like, why are people going out on the Sabbath looking for food? I, I told you, it's not gonna go bad. Keep it, it's gonna be good. You know, Proverbs 3 says this so well. It sums it up so well for us about how we try to take control. And it, it reminds us, it says, don't take control. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Trust in the Lord. Uh, lean on him. Don't go back to saying, this is how I take care of my situations. This is how I meet my own needs. No, let God meet your needs. Trust in him. Let him continue to prove himself faithful to you. And remember, sometimes he's got you on the long path, not just the short path. So know that he's doing this work in your life. You know, what's amazing is that these Israelites who grumbled and complained to God, they could have had a quicker road to paradise, but instead uh, their grumbling made things even more difficult. Their disobedience to God uh, left them in the desert way longer than they should have ever been. But you know what? God was faithful to them all along the way. And I love what it says at the end of chapter 16. It says, the Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Now, some of you, as you hear that, you're like, that'd be terrible, unless it was Chick-fil-A, right? But that would be terrible to eat manna and quail for 40 years in the desert. But from the other perspective, can we just stop and realize that all those 40 years, God led them by a cloud and by fire, and he fed them every single day? All these people, our God is amazing. And can I just remind you, uh, no matter where you're at in your relationship with, with Jesus, maybe it's uh, today's gonna be the first day for you, or maybe it's 50, 60 years for you of following Jesus. 
But you can look back and you can see over the years that God's been providing for you as you've been faithful to him for many, many years. And we need to pause and we need to remember that and we need to reflect on that and we need to be able to say, God, you are so good and trust in him because of it. But so often, what do we want to do? We want to go back to saying, no, I'm going to trust in myself. And that's why I love this quote that I saw this last week by George Morrison that said, it took one night to take Israel out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to take Egypt out of Israel. And for some of you, you keep trying to go back to Egypt. You've been saved for a really long time, but you keep saying, nope, alcohol's my Egypt, and that's going to make things better. Or you say, drugs, my Egypt, and that's going to make things better. Or are you venting in anger to the point of sin is going to make things better. And so you go back to that same wheelhouse or gossip or you name it. But we don't do that. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. and We lean not on our own understanding, right? Uh, we want to say, God, your ways are better than my ways. When things get difficult, don't fear and run, run away from God. When things get difficult, just pour more into that relationship with him. He has been faithful for so many years. And he will continue to be faithful. Let's trust him and let's lean on that history to help us keep moving forward for him. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, you are everything. God, I'm sorry for the times that I've tried to trust in my own wisdom and my own ways. God, I ask that you uh, would just uh, move in each of our lives. Help us have courage to do uh, the things that you've called us to do. Help us to have courage to, to walk in your ways, Father God. God, let us not want to run back to our old ways of life, but God, let us live this new life that you've called us to. Lord God, we pray all these things in your son Jesus' name, amen. Well, church family, as, as uh, we get ready for these baptisms that are just getting ready to happen right now, I want you to know this, that if, if you're in here and you're thinking, why didn't I not move when you had the chance? Well, now still a chance for you to say, I wanna be baptized. We're gonna see some baptisms right now, and then we're gonna have a worship song, and if, if any of you are like, hey, I wanna be baptized, right? And right after I get done talking here, you can walk out of those doors and we can get you baptized after this next worship song. But hey, let's celebrate what God's doing right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Make sure to subscribe to this channel so that you can keep up with new content as it becomes available. We would also ask that if you have been encouraged by this ministry, that you would consider partnering with us financially. Your support helps us to continue our mission of helping people move from where they are to where God is calling them to be. You can find all the ways to give at graceodessa.com give. Thank you.